Hello and welcome back to the 90-minute waffle episode 2. Pictures are coming in thick and fast, which means game weeks are coming in thick and fast. Game week 15 has just concluded. Game week 16 is today as well. Which means one thing. We are going to review what happened in game week 15. Let's get right into it. So, if you... Before we start into the analysis of game week 15, if you don't know what this podcast is about, this podcast is a Premier League podcast where we uh, review game weeks, transfer rumors, confirmed transfers, the cup fixtures, some of the cup fixtures like the FA Cup, uh, the uh, Champions League and Europa League actions of the English sides. Or essentially all things Premier League football. Uh, let us get right into game week 15's review. We're going to in-depthly go into two games. And the others will just state what imp- important stuff that happened. And the two in-depth ones that we're going to go into are Brighton versus West Ham. And Liverpool versus West Brom. So, in the first half, Brighton had passed well at the back and had the bulk of possession early stages. Webster had a good header from a corner, but a comfortable save by Fabianski. Impressive cross by Solly March. West Ham had a defensive approach and hit on the counter-attack. Danny Welbeck conceded a foul on Jared Bowen, Eves Bissouma, and Adam Lalana had a lot of time on the ball to make the passes. Bissouma played a good ball to March, but March missed from a tight angle. West Ham, in the last couple of minutes of the first half, looked fluent. March had an attempt from outside the box, which was saved by Fabianski. March then, later in the first half, played a ball onto Dan Byrne, who played it onto Mopai. Mopai's first touch wasn't that good, but then uh, luckily, Declan Rice, who tried to clear it when his clearance attempt went straight back to Mope, and then Mope, striker's instinct, put the ball in the back of the net. Brighton dominated, and West Ham underperformed in the first half. So, West Ham's lineup this game was Lucas Fabianski, Balbuena, Ogbona, Cresswell, Kufal, Rice. Johnson, Noble, Bowen, and Sebastian Halle. Brighton's lineup was Danny Welbeck, Neil Mopai, Leon, Leonard Trossard, Solly March, Adam Lalana, Yves Bissouma, Ben White, Dan Byrne, Lewis Dunk, the captain, Webster, and Sanchez. Brighton dominated the first half. West Ham were too poor. They had Mark Noble at camp. They got thrashed against Chelsea. They had Mark Noble at camp who uh, lacked pace. And there was no such creativity. People like Yarmolenko and Lanzini who came on later in the second half. They were on the bench in the first half. So there was no creative output. Sebastian Haller had to drop deep to get those balls. I think he only had 11 or 13 touches in the first half itself, which showed that the Brighton people just defensively were superb against West Ham. So, 
after the break, we shall talk about what happened in the second half. Second half of Brighton versus West Ham. Lanzini and Yarmolenko came on for some creativity. And Alzate was on for Lalana. Lalana goes another game without having played the full 90. Rice had a good ball in and Halle had a header saved, which was his first touch in the Brighton box, which shows uh, that Brighton were really solid defensively in the first half. Ben White tried to play in a cross, but fell into the, uh, the ball fell into the hands of Lukas Fabianski. Solid March tried to play the wall, uh, tried to play the ball to Ben White, but Fabianski saved it. West Ham upped the tempo in the second half. Yarmolenko whipped in a ball, and Manuel Lanzini laid it into Young Johnson's feet, and Johnson scored the equalizer. Uh, he was ecstatic, uh, considering he scored. Uh, then Manuel Lanzini later in the game tried to create a bit of magic and missed. Lewis Dunk then scored the equalizer around 70 odd minutes from a corner. It was checked by VAR and it was clear. Rice had an uh, uh, had overhit a cross. Aaron Cresswell then from a corner kick. Actually, uh, beg your pardon. Lewis Dunk didn't score the equalizer. Lewis Dunk scored to get Brighton to the lead. Cresswell then delivered in a cross from a free kick, but nothing of note happened. And Cresswell's corner then result uh, and Cresswell's corner later in the game resulted in Thomas Suchek scoring the equalizer. Pascal Gross replaced Danny Welbeck. Solly March had an attempt, but it went right across Grohl. Goal. Kufal caught a ball from a cross. Uh, it was really sweetly hit and it hit Dan Byrne at the back of the head really hard. He was fine though. Chan Bash then towards the last few seconds came on for Neil Mope. It ended 2-all in a competitive match. I thought Solly March was the best player in this matchup. He was fantastic all around. He the left-hand side was mainly where Brighton's attacks were dictated and Solimarch dictated that perfectly. Leeds were... Uh, not Leeds. Leicester versus Manchester United. One of the uh, standout fixtures from this game week. Bruno Fernandes in this game was exceptional. Marcus Rashford was also exceptional. Kasper Schmeichel had some amazing saves as well. But uh, in this game... Uh, Bruno Fernandes had a really good cross. With how Marcus Rashford never scored, I'll never know. He was a complete sitter. Rashford then received an amazing ball, which he tucked away for 1-0. Harvey Barnes scored a screamer for the equalizer. Rashford was through again, but then Casper uh, Schmeichel made an outstanding save. Giovanni came on, and he played an amazing ball to Bruno Fernandes for 2-1. Ayozi Perez drilled it. <coughs> Excuse me. Ayozi Perez drilled it across goal and Vardy scored for two all. Uh, the game ended in a draw. Uh, Anthony Martial. I don't think he starts for United anymore. I said before last podcast, I don't think United has title contenders. And I did say I think Leicester would win this game. But 
Um, I still don't think United are title contenders or the closest thing to a title contender next to Liverpool. Uh, but they they're definitely a solid third, a third or a fourth. They're definitely Champions League material. But I think they can step it up or not if they play play Edinson Cavani week in week out. I don't think Martial does what is asked within the United system. I just don't think so. Cavani's experience for me is uh, helping Manchester United a lot. And Cavani's experience in this game when he came on as a sub showed how much it helped Manchester United. Just because he's 30 uh, 30 or odd something years old, that doesn't mean that he should be just playing club games because he's a 30-year-old. He's past his prime, etc. I still think Edinson Cavani is is in good form and he is a really solid player. Of course, you can drop him for the cup games like the Carabao Cup semi-final against Man City. But then again, I wouldn't drop him there because that's probably one of United's only chances for silverware. But I'll drop him in the FA Cup third round, let's say, or a game against West Brom, let's say. Fulham and Southampton is the next game that we are going to talk about. In this game, Zombo Angisa missed a kick with his left foot. Could have very equally, uh, could have very easily uh, given Fulham the lead there. James Ward-Prowse hit the woodwork from a free kick. Ivan Cavallero missed a header. And Shane Long scored, but was offside. Walcott scored, but was also offside. So unlucky there for Southampton with those two offside calls. This game was pretty dull. It finished nil all. And the next game, the second game, we're going to go in-depth. The first game was the West Ham Brighton game. This game, the next game that we're going to go in-depth is Liverpool versus West Brom. Sam Allardyce was the last manager to win at Anfield before uh, Liverpool's impressive unbeaten run started. Can Sam Allardyce be the manager to break that impressive unbeaten run at Anfield? So, in this game, Liverpool's starting eleven was Alisson, Trent, Matip, Fabinho, Robertson, Jones, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Salah, Mane and Firmino. West Brom's starting eleven was Johnston, Gibbs, O'Shea, Ajayi, Furlong, Diangana, Gallagher, Sawyers, Phillips, Robinson, and Carlin Grant. Uh, Mane scored from a Matip assist. West Brom sat quite deep with Liverpool being patient. I think in the first half, West Brom didn't even have a striker up top to play. They were all sitting deep. It was like a training session for Liverpool early on. Mane uh, were nearly scored a header from a Henderson assist. Alexander-Arnold's free kick had an amazing whip but was wide. Salah's quick shot went flying in from a corner kick. West Brom had nothing going on forward. A lot of red shirts were in the West Brom half. West Brom were practically camping in their half. Alexander-Arnold's cross went into Johnston's hand later uh, towards the first half. 
Robinson's attempted through ball to Carl and Grant had too much and went straight to Allison. Gallagher earned a free kick. Salah couldn't make much of another Trent Alexander-Arnold cross. Liverpool overwhelmed West Brom in terms of passes, about 350 more. I think Jordan Henderson's amount of passes in the first half was more than the West Brom team combined. Uh, and it just shows how much uh, dominant Liverpool were. But Liverpool just couldn't create chances or good enough chances for a long first half bullied Sadio Mane. Uh, Sadio Mane didn't. Uh, we couldn't see the Sadio Mane that we used, uh, that we're used to seeing on a daily basis. Mohamed Salah, too many touches, uh, couldn't make most of those touches and couldn't uh, find proper opportunities to uh, score goals. West Brom were the. Uh, it, it was a depressing game to watch, considering how sad. Uh, how uh, sad, deep uh, West Brom were. But at the same time, West Brom would be happy with just uh, conceding the one goal in the first half. In the second half, uh, Jordan Henderson hit one with the laces and missed. Salah almost got the perfect one-two with Roberto Firmino. Carlin Grant had an effort but was nothing to worry about. An easy save by Allison. O'Shea received an, a yellow card and a free kick was there for Liverpool. Nothing happened from the free kick. Matip got injured, another defensive injury to Liverpool. Uh, of course, Van Dijk, Joe Gomez are out. And then you have Dejan Lovren, who they sold to Zenit. So they're left with Fabinho and Reese Williams. Williams came on for Matip. Uh, Jurgen Klopp got booked because I think it was Reese Williams who had fouled one of the West Brom players. Uh, Robertson had fouled Furlong during a Liverpool attack. Carl and Grant had an amazing opportunity, but Alisson say uh, came to the rescue and saved it. Uh, Pereira came on for Robinson. Mateus Pereira for West Brom. Alexander-Arnold's free kick went wide. Charlie Austin came on for Carlin Grant and then a Jai's header, which came off the post. Uh, hit one post, went towards the other and went in. And that gave us from the crucial equalizer. Oxlade-Chamberlain then came on for Jones because Oxlade-Chamberlain has, of course, a brilliant long shot. Which is something I was surprised Liverpool didn't utilize, considering the fact that they don't have Fabinho, uh, not Fabinho, Thiago, who doesn't create, uh, who's the main creator, who can create uh, spaces out of difficult situations. I was surprised they didn't start Oxley Chamberlain, because when you sat that uh, uh, sat that sat back that deep, goodness me, my English, sat back that deep. Uh, uh, surely, if you give the ball to Oxley Chamberlain uh, outside the box, he has enough time to have a proper strike at it, and he'll go in the back of the net. For me, Alex Oxley Chamberlain came on too uh, late, and he should have started the game in the first place. Curtis Jones, however, he's still very young, but he can develop into that player. 
as well. Uh, then Liverpool fans were behind their team till the last minute. Klopp saw that equaliser coming for sure. He knew it. The camera was panning towards the Jurgen Klopp and you could tell by his facial expression, he knew that a West Brom equaliser was coming. Origi came on for Firmino and Ivanovic came on for Gallagher. It ended one all. West Brom got a crucial point. They will be satisfied. The furlong for me was outstanding, bullying Mane. Liverpool lacked energy in the second half. And West Brom were amazing in the second half. So, that was Liverpool versus West Brom. After the final break, we shall be covering what else happened in Game Week 15 of the Premier League. Okay, in other games that happened in Game Week 15, Newcastle took on Manchester City. Uh, Sterling passed it to Gundogan in a situation early in the first half. And Gundogan gave City the lead. Ferran Torres put Kevin De Bruyne through. And Carl Darlow made an outstanding save. Ferran Torres doubled City's lead. Aguero, who, uh, good to see he is recovering from his injury, came on for a couple of minutes, was denied by an amazing save from Carl Darlow. This game ended 2-0, could have easily been 5-0, 6-0 if Carl Darlow was in new goal. Who, by the way, I think Gareth Southgate should give a England cap to. I think he's much better than Jordan Pickford. Just saying. Hot take or not, I'm just saying. He, I think he's much better than J- Jordan Pickford. So, Gareth gave um, Carl Darlow the, uh, an England cap. Uh, so, next. Everton and Sheffield also took on each other. In this game, uh, Aaron Ramsdale made a save from an Alexi Yobi strike. Calvert-Lewin took a ball on his chest and was wide. Sigurdsson had an uh, outside-the-box effort but was wide of goal. Oliver Burke in the second uh, second or first half, I can't really remember, shot goal. Uh, Goal words, but flashes across the goal. John John Egan had a header from a corner, but was also white. Gilfie Sigurdsson scored from a Dukura assist. Sheffield United then, uh, Sheffield United then lose another game and are still only on two points. Sheffield need to spend in the January transfer window. I read somewhere that they're linked to Jesse Lingard. Even though he's Jesse Lingard, get him in. He will give you the experience that is needed, uh, the Premier League experience. Just get him in. They really miss Jack O'Connell as well. I think they definitely miss Jack O'Connell. But Sheffield overall need to spend, otherwise they're in huge trouble. They only have two points out of so many, uh, 15 games. So that's uh, my maths. Uh, three, fifteen, carry over one. Forty-five points out of a possible forty-five points, they've only got two points, which is nowhere near the standards they set last season. 
Uh, Wolves took on Spurs in the final game of game week 15. We also have Villa Palace and Leeds Burnley to talk about. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten about those four teams. This was a snooze fest by Spurs. Oh, this was boring to watch. Sounded missed from a difficult angle. Spurs scored with an undombele outside the box effort, and then you could have just slept and uh, nothing of note happened in this game. It, uh, apart from a Roman size equalizer, but uh, what I mean by uh, the previous statement is from a Spurs point of view, absolutely nothing happened. Wolves tried, Wolves were good in this game, and Wolves deserved to win. But from a Spurs point of view, if you were a Spurs fan and if you slept and if you woke up, that would have been a much better experience than watching this game. This game, Spurs were awful. Villa took on Palace. Ollie Watkins' shot was saved, but Bertrand Traore scored from the rebound. He also hit the post in a later attempt. Tyron Minks got a red card in this game, so he is out for the game against Chelsea. Courtney House scored Villa's second and El Ghazi scored a sensational goal for the third. Aston Villa on a good run of form. They face a struggling Chelsea. Then we have Leeds versus Burnley. Burnley conceded a penalty, which Patrick Bamford scored. Burnley did equalize, but was ruled off, which shouldn't have been ruled off. I just remembered, speaking of Chelsea, I didn't even cover the North London derby. Uh, Pretty much in this North London derby, long story short, Chelsea were uh, terrible. Chelsea were absolutely terrible this game. And they gave Arsenal the window of opportunity, and Arsenal's youngsters did exceptionally well this game. Hot take as well, another hot take. Uh, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, he doesn't get into the starting lineup for me for Arsenal. I think the youngsters, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka were sensational this game. They were the main reason why Chelsea uh, lost this game. And I think they continue uh, for the game against... I have no clue who the next game is against, but for whoever Arsenal face next, I think these three should be there. And I don't think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang gets into the squad. Arsenal face Brighton next, which is a huge fixture, as well as West Brom. So, that was it for Game Week 15's review. Now, on to Game Week 16's predictions, which starts in a couple of hours. The game which we will be going in depth is the first game of game week 16 for the next podcast, by the way, which is Crystal Palace versus Leicester. In this game, Crystal Palace are coming off two consecutive losses with a goal, with shipping in 10 goals, which is not a good sight to see. And against the Leicester team, I'm going to go for a Leicester win. I think Crystal Palace will be three on three losses in a row for them. Chelsea take on Aston Villa. Chelsea on a poor form of uh, poor run of form. Aston Villa, you can't say the same thing. They have been sensational in these past couple of match days. I'm gonna go for a draw on this one. I think Frank Lampard will tell his players that he needs more of 
uh, he needs more than what he got in the game against Arsenal. And I think his players will perform, but won't be enough against a high-flying Villa side. Man City versus Everton. Everton coming uh, four on the trot, coming uh, with a form of four on the trot wins. And Manchester City uh, with 13 clean sheets. I'm going to go for a City win here. Brighton Arsenal, I'm going to go for a draw here. I think Brighton's defence will be a bit hard for Mikel Arteta as youngsters to break down. Uh, if Aubameyang starts, I think Brighton are losing. Uh, no, not Brighton are losing. Arsenal are losing this game. Southampton versus West Ham. I'm going to go... Uh, if creative players such as Lanzini and Yarmolenko do not start for West Ham, I'm going to go for a Southampton victory. Then we have Leeds versus West Brom. I'm going to go for a Leeds United victory, although Sam Allardyce could easily sit back and West, uh, uh, Sam Allardyce's team could easily sit back and Marcelo Bielsa's sword could just charge up front. Burnley versus Sheffield United, a relegation battle contest, although Sheffield need to do a lot to stay uh, in the Premier League next season. I'm going to go for a draw here. Man United Wolves, I'm going to go for a... Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to go for a Wolves victory. Although, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Man United win. The Wolves have done good against the traditional top sides this season. They've won against Chelsea. They have drawn against Spurs. Uh, they did lose against City. And I think they also did lose against Liverpool. But I think, again, Liverpool and City are miles above uh, Chelsea, uh, Manchester United, Arsenal, Spurs. So I think Wolves are going to get a victory here. Tottenham, Fulham. Uh, uh, Tottenham win. If Jose Mourinho blows this as well, Jose Mourinho has had a poor form of run. And Newcastle, Liverpool, I'm going to go for a Liverpool victory. So, this has been your boy Hamza. Hopefully, you have enjoyed 90-Minute Waffle Episode 2. Episode 3 will be coming out soon after Game Week seven, uh, 16 ends. And Game Week 16 starts within the next couple of hours. So, yeah. I'll see you in a bit, peace. Quickly need to correct myself before this podcast is uploaded. Chelsea versus Arsenal is not a North London derby, it's a London derby. I was never good in geography, people. Forgive me for that. Anyways, I'll see you soon, peace.